documentary titled 1946 makes the claim that the term homosexual wasn't in the Bible prior to 1946, and it was merely a conspiracy by translators to make the Bible teach against homosexuality when it really doesn't. The accusation has been picked up on social media with progressive TikTokers disseminating this information as if it were gospel. The Good Fight Radio Show. Welcome back to the Good Fight Radio Show. I am your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we're going to be examining the claims made in the documentary 1946, some really, really strong conspiratorial claims. And to discuss this very important topic with me, as always, is the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Yeah, Chad, I rarely see, I mean, we know there's propaganda in so many different films, you know, and this does come off kind of like a, uh, you know, Dan Brown conspiracy thriller, you know, uh, The Da Vinci Code, but like The Da Vinci Code, full of lies, which we'll unpack as we get into the show. Yeah, let's let's examine it. And then here is the trailer for you so you guys can see what we are talking about and some of the claims that are made. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals shall inherit the kingdom of God. God's given us his word, and to go against that's wrong. 1946 is the first time in any language, in any translation, the word homosexual ends up in the Bible, right? I found that incredibly hard to believe. Who made this decision? Why did they make this decision? How did they make this decision? Here is the famous 1946 RSV New Testament. I found that they had left their archives at Yale University. I think we went through 60,000 documents. So I'm reading this for the first time. Oh, oh, this is exactly what we are looking for. This is it. I was wrong, or I think I'm wrong, about what the Bible says. What is in the Bible is a behavior. It's a behavior that heterosexual people can do. Religion and politics get together. There is a religious war going on in this country. It is a cultural war, but this war is for the soul of America. Hey, sweetie. What you're doing is contrary to the Word of God. The authority of the Bible is at stake. How do we undo a lie that is so ingrained in our culture? Well, there it is, Joe. You hear it. Lies that have been so ingrained in our culture. Now, before we get into some of the arguments there and, and you know, flashing up on the screen, of course, is BuzzFeed letting you know this is one of the most important documentaries and and so forth. But you look at that and you hear someone talking about a cultural argument. That really is what this is. And they say they need to take out that which has been ingrained in the culture because of 1946 and the way that the RSV translated 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 1 Timothy as well. Yeah, it's quite interesting, Chad, and brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, when you look at their argument, uh, technically, you can say, yeah, the first time you see the word homosexuals in the New Testament, translation is in uh, 1946 by uh, the RSV. But the question isn't, 
is the first time you see homosexuality there. It's a non sequitur. Uh, what does the Greek word actually mean? Arsenikoitai, uh, arsenikoites, uh, if you want the plural there. When you look at the word, uh, what does it mean? That's what really, otherwise it's irrelevant, you know, as to how you translate it as long as you, as, as long as the word speaks of homosexuality, because there's all kinds of English words that become more prevalent in certain ages. For instance, what if somebody read that verse to somebody who is a drunkard, right? And they say, hey, look, be not deceived, drunkards, homosexuals, and so forth. But let's say they had a translation that says, be not deceived, alcoholics, you know, and, and, and homosexuals. And somebody said, well, and they wrote a book because the first time you see the word alcoholics in the Bible, translating the word for drunkards there is, say it's the first time, you, and I'm just being hypothetical here, was 1972. Oh, well, this means I can, I can get drunk because it's the first time the word alcoholic appears in the Bible and it really isn't there. Well, what does the Greek word mean? It means drunkards. Still applies, right? So that's the, that's, that's the foolishness of the argument here, Chad, is that the word, as we'll see, our sedekoites uh, speaks of homosexuality. That is absolute. I mean, that's why just pretty much every modern translation translates it homosexuals, or as the NIV, uh, the 2011 version of NIV, which was probably the most popular translation out for years and years, translates it uh, men line with other men. That's that's actually more literal. I, I like that translation, men line with other men. Yeah, that's quite clear. So I think uh, it's imperative for our audience to really understand that we're dealing with uh, three false premises here. First off is that, well, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 is really not condemning homosexuality because it's a mistranslation. Number two, uh, really God has no problem with homosexuality and because this is pointed at Christians. And those who want to claim to be Christians have a relationship with God. And number three, Chad, the, which is really a, a silly premise too, which is so, uh, you know, such a lie, that because of this translation in 1946 by the RSV, attitudes toward homosexuality began to worsen. <laughs> really? I thought things changed in the opposite direction around that time. But we'll get into this. Yes, I, I think this is such a an important topic. And you know, we at Good Fight, we knew this was an important topic because we were receiving emails and text messages and calls and people even asking at the fellowship prior to the documentary coming out because people were kind of taking this. Uh, there was blogs that were written. The TikToks were really the more, more prevalent, I guess you could say, um, expression that people were using to try to get this kind of argument out there. Most of them are progressive, you know, female. I don't like to even say pastor because yeah. um you know there's no such thing as female pastors according to first timothy chapter two uh and everywhere else in scripture but but it, it is important for us to tackle this because young people specifically were getting compelled by this argument they were like wow that really is interesting that you know people are saying this or whatever and so it was like man this needs to be tackled and so the argument joe Already, you know, we're dealing with somebody saying homosexual is not, it wasn't there until 1946. Well, you definitely couldn't have found homosexual before the 1800s because the word didn't exist. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, it, it's like you're finding all of these really bad arguments and you're like, wow, if we could just go back and look at what the German word said, none of that matters, Joe. Yeah. And I think people get, and, and this is my hope, at the very least, I'm hoping that in this case, people start to understand the importance of manuscript evidence, the importance of understanding and studying what the Greek language says as well. Yeah. And so it is a really interesting topic, Joe, but we need to dig right into it. This idea of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 Timothy, the usages by Paul 
of arsenicoitas or ar- arsenicoite. Well, what is this word? Why is it, you know, compelling for them to believe that this word actually uh, is just meaning pedophiles or something? Yeah, uh, no, exactly. We got to get into it because uh, I looked at their, you know, their premise. I thought, wow, this is, first of all, I don't know the motives of everybody, obviously, but when they're obviously, I mean, these guys are not scholarly at all because they're ignoring the incredible evidence. Why do all these different Greek scholars that translate the New Testament uh, come to the same conclusion? It's pretty easy. In fact, you don't even have to be a Greek scholar. You just have to just pay attention. Let's look at this word, uh, our synechoites, which is the plural homosexuals. Uh, and Chad, what I did, I started just looking at how that word was translated prior. And I thought, let's look at some of our oldest English translations. You know, King James, which I had that memorized, a lot of that parts of that that the King James memorized, uh, abusers of themselves with mankind. You know, men abusing themselves with other men. Hmm, that seems pretty clear. But how about something that even predates the King James, the Geneva translation, which was the oldest, you know, popular, uh, I'm not saying this oldest English translation, but the oldest popular English translation. In fact, a lot of the Geneva people that held the pilgrims that came over here did not trust the King James Bible when it came out because they were into Geneva only, you know? And if you look at the 1557, you know, what are we talking, uh, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, you know, about almost 400 years before, uh, you know, 1946, uh, it calls them, it talks about, it <laughs> translates arsenicoites as buggers, buggerers, okay? If you look up, and if you got a phone or you just online, just type in the word buggery and you'll see it refers to homosexuality. And it sure referred to homosexuality in the 16th century. And that's, so that was the understanding for a long, long, it's very sick. I mean, it's a strong word, you know, it's kind of graphic even. And uh, they could have, why did they, why did they uh, do a movie called 1557? Because there's no way. It just shows you how ridiculous uh, their whole premise is. But Chad, uh, we can actually understand what that Greek word means. Now, some could say, well, we really can't understand what it meant because it was only really used by the Apostle Paul at that time. Well, because it's used, and Paul did invent a new word. Well, if he invented a new word, how could we understand what it means? Because the new word he invented was simply a compound word. He took two other words, he conjoined them together and came up with a new word. And the word was from arseno, right? Which means man, right? And and coites, which means uh, bed, to bed. And this is what's fascinating about this, is there were already Hebrews, in the, Hebrew, the ancient Hebrews, the Jews, based on the Old Testament, they talked about men bedders. They had a, a term called a mishkav zakar. And mishkav zakar referred to, again, uh, bedding men, you know, uh, betting men. So ancient Jews would condemn homosexuality based on Leviticus 18.22 and based on Leviticus chapter 20 on the Hebrew text based on those texts condemning men having sex with other men, men betting other men. And that's where our synecoites comes in from Paul. And once you see this connection, check this out. Leviticus 18.22, you shall not lie with a male as one lies with a female. It's an abomination. Now, Chad, I don't know how much clearer it gets than that. You shall not lie with a male, lie down with a male, as you lay down with a female. It's abomination of God. Then Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. If there is a man who lies with a male, as those who lie with a woman, both of them have committed a detestable act. Now, what's interesting about this, Chad, 
is uh, when you look at the text, and I'm just in Leviticus chapter 20, 20, verse 13. If there's a man who lies with a male, the two, the two words for lying and with a male together in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which was popular in Jesus' day, he and the apostles quote from it. It was popular in Paul's day because the world spoke Greek at that time. And many Greek scholars, or I should say Hebrew scholars that knew both Hebrew and Greek, translated the, the, the Hebrew text of the Old Testament into the New Testament. And guess what two words they used there to condemn homosexuality? And actually in the Greek, these two words are together. If there is a man who lies with a male, and these two words are right next to each other, Chad, arsenos koitain, arsenos koitain. And so every Jew understood in the first century who was Torah observant that, wow, homosexuality is con- condemned. And they would, as we quote scriptures like 1 Corinthians 6 today, they would quote the Septuagint, arsenokoitain. It was a term that was used, the Hebrew term was used before by the ancient Jews of homosexuality. So Paul weds these two words together, arsenokoites. The only way he invents this word is by bringing these two words together uh, in the New Testament, and everybody would know in the first century who was familiar with Torah and familiar with the Septuagint that Paul is condemning men sleeping with other men, homosexuality. I, I think it's important, too, you know, when you look at it, obviously, clearly the church got the got the goods. They knew what the Bible was saying yeah. so abundantly clear and sadly sadly enough in another you're talking about because the position of the church for the last the 2000 years the position of the church right. for the last 2000 years and when you look at it too and this is the sad part is uh in that trailer they don't play it as much but the one they did for TED Talk they played a little bit more where you're one of the guys in fact in that trailer was holding the blue RSV Bible there he tells you that he basically oh well I I came to this open minded I was just going to say God if I can't be a homosexual, I won't be homosexual. I'll follow you wherever you go. But yet when he went to the scriptures, he's trying to enable the very fleshly desires yeah. that he wants to practice. Yeah. Reading your practices into the scripture. And it, it is so dangerous to go into the scriptures with that, with a foregone conclusion of what you want to bring out of it. It is so, so dangerous to do that. Sadly enough, you see that all the time with false doctrines that that come about, you know, with children. I, I remember... Um, you know, working and talking to a mother whose son, who when her husband had and them had split, they were going to church at the time, husband and wife split, just a sad uh, state of affairs. And the son started taking it out on God, burning their Bibles, turning their crosses upside down. God hates you. Yeah. All this crazy stuff. And she asks me, oh, but my son still is in the Lord, right? He, he knows Christ. Yeah. I'm like, how long has he been doing this? You know, and it was over a long period of time. I said, I can't affirm his salvation. Yeah. And you're like, you can see how people fleshly desires yeah. would take them to certain scriptures that would try to apply and say, oh, well, this is okay. And Joe, when we even look at what the early church taught, whether it's Justin Martyr uh, in chapter 27 of his first apology, talking once again about sodomy. If you want to go back and— Second century, by the way. Second century, amen. And if you want to go back and you want to start calling them sodomites instead of homosexuals, that's fine too, referring back to 
God's judgment. And many on New Sodom. Testament translations do have sodomites. Amen. Amen. Uh, Origen against Celsus, same thing. When he was arguing against the pagan Celsus, he talked specifically about how Jesus has led people to a rational view of religion, have not gone into deep questions. We find that they believe in the Most High God and His only begotten Son, the Word of God, and they often exhibit in their character a high degree of gravity and of purity and of integrity. While those who call themselves wise have despised these virtues and have wallowed into the filth of sodomy. In lawless lust, men with men working that which is yeah. unseemly. Yeah, and that's and, and that's important that he's, you know, that that they're using the very terms men with men, and that has that whole Old Testament, New Testament thing. Is when some people say, "Oh, well, you're quoting Leviticus." No, we're showing that Paul is using words from Leviticus and bringing them into the New Covenant, saying this is still condemned by God. Even though Paul says we're not under the law of Moses, we are under, as Paul says, the law of Christ. And the law of Christ can, uh, brings in any of the morality that doesn't change. Morality doesn't change before God. It was the ceremonial laws, as you know, Chad. It was the civil laws that Israel was under that we're not under, but we are under the moral law of God. He doesn't change. It's still wrong to murder babies in the womb. It's still wrong to murder people. It's still wrong uh, to steal. It's still wrong to do all these things and bear false witness. Those, these are all repeated in the New Testament. Now, it's interesting, Chad, that you say that because when you look at the Scripture itself, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you know, and and by the way, I think it's important to bring up 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Why? Because there Paul is talking about that which is contrary to false doctrine, and he quotes the moral law of God, and guess what word he puts there? He doesn't just use it in 1 Corinthians 6, 8 and 9. He uses it in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verses uh, 8, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Let me read what Paul says here. But we know that the law is good. Now keep in mind, the law has arseno and it has koitain, which Paul brings together into one word. And he says, we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly, for sinners, and the unholy and profane, for those who kill their parents or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals. And Paul is saying the law condemns homosexuals. The Greek word he uses there, Chad, is arsenokoites. So where does the law condemn, condemn the word he uses, arsenokoites? Well, it's Leviticus 18, Leviticus 20. Arseno and koitain, where the two words are separated from each other. In one text in Leviticus 20, they're right next to each other. Paul says the law is condemning this. And he brings the words together. It's that simple, folks. He takes the words for men sleeping with other men, and he just simply brings them together as one word. And he's talking to people who, many of them know Torah, uh, and he goes on to saying kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching. So men sleeping with other men, Paul says is contrary to sound teaching. He just brings these words together, and everybody knows what it means that knows the Old Testament. And then if you didn't know that in the Old Testament, all you have to do is look, what's it condemning? Men lying with other men. Again, the NIV, popular translation, has it literally, because I brought this from memory last time, but it's men who have sex with men, quote unquote. That's about as literal as you can get of a translation. So yeah, if you want to get rid of the word homosexual and put the NIV, what they put there instead, men who have sex with other men, that's fine. I think that's even a more literal, homosexual means same, you know, sex, but that's even more expressive. So uh, Chad, do we go and write a book called 1500 BC when Moses wrote that and 
try to say that, you know, uh, there's some kind of conspiracy. No, it's quite clear what's going on there. And the, the sad irony, Chad, and brothers and sisters, and this is what breaks our hearts, you guys. The sad irony is all kinds of young Christian men and women who are being led astray by pop culture into effeminacy, into uh, delusion and just, you know, dysphoria regarding gender and just whatever's popular and all these winds of false doctrine that are sweeping through social media. Uh, many of them are anchored to not go with these temptations, these fads, what's, what's vogue, what's, what's hip, uh, and, and the temptations that the enemy will bring to their hearts to get them involved in perverse sexual relations because they know the Word of God. Yet they, they see a trailer, they see this stuff on TikTok, they, they, their friends bringing them to the movie, and all of a sudden, guess what? Satan uses these movies. These, these folks that made this movie are damning souls, guys, because Paul says, do not be deceived, right? It's, he says, don't be deceived. Fornicators, effeminate, adulterers, drunkards, homosexuals, revilers, extortioners, and so forth will not inherit the kingdom of God. The irony, it's so thick with irony. The irony is they're saying, hey, this is a false translation, which is deceiving people to reject homosexuality. When the irony is, no, it's a true translation, and you are deceiving people to be damned under the curse of God because they've rejected the morality that God has supplied to them. So, Chad, this is absolutely reprehensible, and I think it's important as well to keep in mind that Paul spelled it out. You don't even have to look at 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 to know that. Uh, look at Romans chapter 1, where Paul doesn't use the word arsenikoites. And in verse uh, 26, Paul states this, For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions, for the women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. In the same way also the men abandoned the natural function of the women and burned in their desire or their lust toward one another. Men with men... Ooh, that's very arsenicoites there. Committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty for their perversions. Verse 28, And just as they did not see it fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to the things which are not proper. He goes on to condemn those who approve of what they're doing. How much more condemned are those who are making movies trying to perpetuate this lie? Now, Joe, real quick. I feel like we've already answered the first two premises, uh, you know, regarding the translation of that word. But that third one, you know, this idea that, you know, after 1946, that's when all of a sudden the church has come against homosexuality so strong. I just don't see that as a, as a, a, a reliable source of premise. Yeah, and it's very easy to refute that claim because uh, just it's, it's super clear. Before 1946, almost every country in the Western world condemned homosexuality. It was actually against the law to be homosexual in most countries in the West before 1946. Now, since 1946, now it's being paraded on the streets. It's out of the closets. It's in your face. And many professing Christian leaders are now marrying people together. Give me a break. You know, Joe, and as you're talking there, it is it is so it is so important. And this was the scripture that came to my mind as you were talking about those who are making these films, trying to get this message out to people. These are springs without water and mist driven by a storm for whom the black darkness has been reserved. For while speaking out arrogant words of no value, they entice by fleshly desires, by indecent behavior, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by what anyone is overcome, by this he is enslaved. For if, 
after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first, for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed unto them. It has happened to them, according to the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mire. That is found in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 17 through 22. And Joe, it doesn't end there. We want to see these people come out of this. And, and Joe, I'd love for them to, to know that there is still victory. And the best part of 1 Corinthians 6 is when you get to verse 11. Yeah, it says, and such were some of you, but you were sanctified, you were justified. Uh, we get saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Chad, it's amazing that you, uh, which shows you that there's hope in Christ. And, and Satan doesn't want people to see, he wants to blind them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the church is made up of former homosexuals, former adulterers, former fornicators, former drunkards, former thieves, former murderers like the apostle Paul was. Uh, and thank God we would not be saved. We're not saying, hey, we're better than anybody else. No, we're saved by God's grace through faith, but he's changed us. He's given us new hearts. He's made us new creations, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone be in Christ, uh, behold, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And Chad, what's fascinating about this topic as we, we discuss this, you're quoting 2 Peter chapter 2 right there. And that's a twin epistle, a cousin epistle to the book of Jude. And it's so interesting. I thought, since you're quoting that, because in Jude, he talks about clouds without water, talking about the same deceivers. And he actually uses the reference to homosexuality in Jude. And he says in Jude, verse 3 of chapter 1, is really only one chapter, if you want to call it a chapter, uh, to earnestly, and that's for you and me as Christians, we're warned. That's your job and my job. Earnestly contend for the faith. Fight for the faith. Agonizomai. Earnestly contend for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain persons, like the people that made 1946, have crept in unnoticed, who are turning the grace of God into a license for immorality. Or what? They're turning God's grace, what Jesus did on the cross, into a license for immorality. And they deny, he says, our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. How do they deny him? By their teaching and by their behavior. They profess to know him, but by their works they deny him. Titus 1.16. But Chad, in verse 7, a few verses later, he goes on to warn, just as Sodom and Gomorrah we get the word sodomy from the fact that these, you know, these men wanted to have sex with angels that appeared in male form, right? Uh, homosexuality. Uh, but he says, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh, these uh, men are exhibited as an example of those who will undergo the punishment of eternal fire. If you're a Christian, your heart should break you know, for those who are pursuing these lifestyles and you should not try to change the word of God to make yourself feel better. You should seek to rescue them as Jude later says to snatch them out of the fire. So this is serious. And also, Chad, the Lord Jesus Christ warned against homosexuality repeatedly. Uh, some will say, well, where does he do that? Well, first and foremost, I'll say this. <clears throat> the New Testament is called the word of Christ. Okay, the Apostle Paul in Corinthians, when he condemns our Arsenicoites, uh, he says later in that same book in 1 Corinthians 14, that the words he's delivering to us are the commands of God. Okay, and he calls the words that he shares the word of Christ. Uh, but also, Chad, in uh, chapter 19, I believe it's verses 4 through 6 of Matthew, uh, Matthew 19, Jesus talks about from the very beginning, God made them male and female. 
And that as male and female, the two would become one flesh. What God has joined together, let no man separate. And that was based on the Torah. That was based on the very first book of the Bible, how God invented humanity to procreate and how we're to love one another and find fulfillment in those types of relationships, husband and wife relationships, with just two becoming one. But Chad, also in Mark chapter 7, verse 21, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Mark 7, 21, Jesus talks about, it's not those things that come into the body that defile a man, but those that come out of the heart. He lists different things like foolish talk and blasphemies, and but all evil speaking. But he also lists the word uh, porneia, which is the word porneia means, and it's translated sexual immorality. Uh, and as Paul is speaking to Jews, which he was speaking at the time, what, how would they understand homo- uh, or sexual morality? They would understand it as that which is men betting men and sex outside of marriage and, you know, adultery and so forth. So Jesus uh, understands, and he's the one that inspired the Old Testament. So it's all over in Jesus' teachings, you know, uh, but because he's the God of the Old Testament. Uh, so, Chad, it's just inescapable that the New Testament, as well as the Old Testament, condemn this practice. And it would be easy just to stick your finger in there and say, let's just go with the flow. Uh, let's just all be happy. Each week can be merry for tomorrow we die. But then we'd be consigning souls to hell. And because we do love people, we love non-believers. We want them to come to know Jesus. We weren't once were them. We love believers who are being deceived in this area. We don't want anybody to perish. That's why we plead with people to speak the truth, even though it's not popular, because we love you guys. Amen. God bless you guys. You've been listening to The Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.